An anonymous actor known only as Miss L ruffles industry feathers by openly sharing sexist casting calls for TV and film. Meet her here on Pop Culture Confidential. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro. Thank you for listening. Okay, so now I'm going to read some real casting calls and audition notices for actors looking for work. So here's one. Male role, architect. Female role, attractive girlfriend. And here's a part. A woman who's experiencing middle age, age 32 to 36. And a notice for an audition. For this audition, dress in something you might wear to commit suicide. And another one. Prefer an actor who is not thin. It's a great role for a feminist. And this one might be my favorite. Beautiful, hot, sexy, pretty. Just be good-looking in a bikini. Breasts. You gotta have something that bounce when you run. Not huge, though. Yes, those are real casting calls from casting agents and productions looking for actors. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, as you can read on the Tumblr, Casting Call Woe, created and curated by my guest this week. A few weeks ago, I saw an article about an actress going under the name Miss L. She's been publishing these real casting calls online to shine a light on the level of misogyny still rampant in the industry and to start a conversation. She publishes on her Tumblr called Casting Call Woe, which is a play on the real job site Casting Call Pro, and on Twitter under the handle at ProResting. I contacted Miss L, an actor for many years, and very happy that she wanted to talk to me. Miss L is speaking anonymously. Miss L, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. You are the creator and curator of Casting Call Woe, an incredibly poignant and depressing look at the rampant sexism in the film TV industry. So you tweet and blog and do this and are doing this interview anonymously. For the listeners wondering, why is it important for you to do this anonymously? It's um, The thing is, being an actor is hard enough anyway, <laughs> just in general. Um, so because um, I started doing this uh, just over four years ago now, and uh, I did it anonymously just so I could talk honestly about the acting industry without being known as the awkward actor, basically, <laughs> because, you know, it's hard enough to get work as yourself. So I just figured, uh, one, I didn't want to be seen as unemployable because I was the difficult one that always complained about casting calls. Um, Which also seems like sexism right there. Exactly. That's it. I know it's terrible that you know, I could feel worried that this would damage my career. But I mean, you know, we've seen like with Rose McGowan recently when she called out a, a casting call that required her to wear a push-up bra, you know, she called that out and then a week or so later her agent dropped her. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's happening and it's, you know, so and it just allows me to be that little bit more honest without me constantly thinking, is my agent going to get angry about me saying this? Is that casting director never going to work with me if I call them out on it? So it just lets me be a bit more honest and it also allows other actors to contact me about things they've seen if they're worried about shouting out about something and I can kind of voice it for them. And now that you've been doing it a while, are there also repercussions and that's why it's good to be, I mean, people, do you get any you know threats or at least harsh words? I know I've ruffled 
a few casting director feathers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I had a call recently from someone who does know who I am, who uh, very kindly gave me a heads up saying, we've just had a meeting with some casting directors and you're not their favourite person. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a working actress, both in film and TV or theatre, just roughly. Um, I do, you know, commercials, films. I do a lot of uh, corporate style, you know, training videos and things like that. Um, so yeah, just a general working actress, really. Could you tell us some of these casting calls, how they write them? Yeah, so sort of some of the particularly awful ones. So there's uh, one I think which will always stand out as one that's being particularly terrible. Is like she must be enough of a visual aesthetic to be believably the prey of a stalker. Oh my! <laughs> which is just, I mean on so many levels is just horrific and these are normal sort of casting calls for regular movies absolutely i mean i'm not sort of trawling craigslist or anything trying to find right. you know like dodgy ones these are i mean that particular one came from a casting site that you have to pay to use so a lot of the most of the sites i use have like a subscription fee mm -hmm. um so you know and they're used widely by you know they're sort of the industry standard uh casting sites in the uk and i do i do read us ones purely for you know for the tumblr uh, right, to right, see right. what else is out there but no these are ones that i'm finding most of the time these are ones i'm finding while i'm looking for my own work to apply for unfortunately so and more examples like uh she is past her prime age 23 to 30 like mm. which is just i mean that kind of highlights just like what we were saying earlier like once once you hit 30, you sort of cease to exist <laughs> as a female character. And that's kind of, you know, how how they're being, you know, how female characters are sort of being seen. Or, you know, you'll see ones where it's like male must be able to drive, female must be comfortable in lingerie. And that's the same casting. Yes. The male character, female character, you know. Or, you know, there's one I've got which is sort of male comic book nerd, female attractive comic book nerd. Mm -hmm. And so instantly it's always about how how the female character looks it's rarely about her personality or character it's just what can she give in terms of her tell looks. me about the first time or, or, or the most notable time you yourself felt this sexism encountered it as an actress or in a casting call um I mean I've been quite lucky in my actual sort of physical experiences in casting calls. So I have, um, I'm trying to think of an audition that I've turned up to where I felt this sort of sexism and I'm quite lucky that I haven't. Um, I think mainly because I don't fall into that particular look. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not six foot. I'm not blonde. I'm not, you know, you know, I don't look like a supermodel, basically. I'm, you know, I'm short, I'm brunette, <laughs> I'm not white. Um, so that, that that type of six foot act model actors, that, that's even worse for them, is what you're saying in terms of casting calls, audition experience? Yeah, I mean, I think without wanting to sort of generalise, but I think particular looks would get certain types of roles I'm also lucky now to be a bit older so a lot of the really sexist ones in that sense don't 
apply to me as much now because I'm sort of I'm, I've fallen out of that bracket slightly right. where I'm now in the bracket where there's just not that many roles at all because I'm over 30 so I'm a bit invisible in the acting industry now you're over only over 30 <laughs> I know <laughs> and already I've sort of been cast aside it does kind of happen I think but once you get over sort of 25 26 you do start to become a little bit invisible because that 18 to 24 bracket is where the majority of roles tend to be. Um, once you're out of that, you've sort of, the industry sort of starts to lose interest in you a little bit, which is unfortunate. But are, are most of these casting calls that you, um, that you make public and put out there, are they mostly, would you say, percentage-wise about appearance? Yeah, it's, it happens every every day I see, I don't know how many castings where, yeah, the female character is described by how she looks predominantly and then the male character is described by the job he does or his personality. And, you know, it might say a bit further down about how the guy looks, but the female character is nearly always introduced by how she looks. And even if she's supposed to look old or... I mean, just the way she looks in general is is the thing, right? Yeah, e- yeah. Even if you know, on the odd occasion where she's not, you know, stunningly attractive, right, busty, and <laughs> <laughs> it's still very much about how she looks and what she does for a living, or anything about her personality is very much in the background. You know, she just, you know, she's just something to look at most of the time. What would your dream casting call be? Oh. <laughs> Um, a written form. I mean, written. How would it? Yeah, be? yeah, absolutely. Um, a predominantly female character. A good choice of female characters to to choose from. So, it, one, it would be nice to open up a casting call and not have to go to the one female role. So, because that's often what happens as well. There'll be six, seven male roles and one female at the bottom. Right. So, a choice would be really nice. Um, and yeah, one that's not described on how she looks and one that gets to wear clothes that would be really <laughs> just some costume you know just so that you know she's not just parading around in in her underwear that would be really nice <laughs> and some lines as well some things to say and I'm oh, this is this is bad you've asked me <laughs> I'm gonna reel off so much now um but also just a role that's not determined by the male character so many female characters are there to further the male character's story. You know, they're just there as, you know, his girlfriend or his wife or, you know, his mistress. It would be, I just want to see more where the female is actually taking the lead and actually has a character. I mean, It all seems obvious, but when you put it like that, I can't, it must be really, really hard to keep at it year after year. And the problem is with the appearance ones is because sort of male roles you know it's like oh you'll have to act you know in a certain way and that's what you do as an actor you adapt you know your character whereas if you read a female casting call it's like well you've got to look like this it's like oh well I don't look like that so that's me out I can't even try to apply for it I can't go to a casting call and prove to them that I can act scared or vulnerable or strong it's like well I don't I'm not six foot with long red hair and you know a 38 double e you know bra size so it's like, well I can't go for that then that's me ruled out whereas a lot of the male roles it's like well yeah I can push myself I can show them that I can play vulnerable or 
whatever. One can at least show their acting skills before it's based on how you look. But have you spoken to any of the actresses that are six foot red haired double E and how they feel about being judged in this way and, and going to these calls? Absolutely. Yeah, I have spoken to actresses who do sort of fit those particular molds. And the problem they have is, have is that they're judged instantly and they don't get to go up for other roles. So they, they're looked at and it's like, okay, well, you'll play, you're probably likely to pay, play this particular role. So they don't get a chance to show that actually, I, you know, they are good actors. They so can really be- no one can show that they're a good actor. It's, yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> the, what happens is, you know, um, I, I think it probably happens around the world. But, you know, like in the UK, we've, we've got amazing actors actors and actresses on screen who might not necessarily fall into the typical you know mold that we expect to see like in Hollywood or anything and they get so many roles it's that thing well they get a chance once and then people go oh they're amazing so then they start getting more work it's getting that opportunity to show yourself off in that first instance and that's so difficult um it seems like when I mean more and more there are you know articles about it people are becoming more aware of this and 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 women are stepping up and talking but when I was reading your site and and articles about you and 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 about this it just seems like nothing really has changed is that your absolutely absolutely it's that thing of you keep thinking that some you keep thinking there's a bit of a change so you know we've now got programs we've got like Orange is the New Black you know girls you know we've got programs where which are predominantly female, but they're still in the minority. And that's the problem. Like we've got the new female Ghostbusters. That's annoying that I have to call it the female Ghostbusters. It's just Ghostbusters. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have to say it's a female Ghostbusters. It's just Ghostbusters, which brilliantly has four female leads. Um, so I keep thinking that we've, we're getting somewhere and that it's improving. But then you'll watch TV or you'll go to the cinema and you'll watch the trailers and it's like, oh, oh no, they're all men. You know, it's all male roles and the women are just in the background wearing a bikini. Um, so I'm, there's more awareness about it now, I think. I think, like you said, people are talking about it and I think that's the first step is mm-hmm. it being noticed. And if people are talking about it and people are shouting about it, then that's only a good thing the problem is the industry's got to listen now we can shout about this forever but if the industry doesn't change then we're not you know nothing nothing's going to happen and what would you like to see how would you like to see this change I think it's it's difficult because I don't want to put the blame on anyone particularly like it's it's you know it's easy to say oh there should be more female writers you know and that sort of implies that women aren't writing mm-hmm. or there should be more female producers that implies women aren't producing films or tv because they are they're just not getting the same opportunities that men do within the industry so well there are right they maybe just should get more jobs exactly exactly so they're out there i know so many incredible female writers who can write incredible female roles, they're just not getting the opportunities that men do within the industry. So the industry sort of needs to open up completely and give opportunities to other people. And it's not just about representing women, it's about representing different different ethnicities, different abilities. You know, there's this, I think there's just a need to just start representing audiences better, I think, as well, you know, and stop thinking that all audiences are 
30-year-old men. And what I think is is odd, correct me if I'm wrong, is I was just reading that that um, female-driven movies and TV series the past two years, I think this is said in this article, I don't have it in front of me, I'm afraid, um, were actually performing better than male-driven ones. And so I don't understand why the, you know, industry and the casting call still look this way so predominantly exactly i mean yeah if you like the hunger games it's so huge um so it's really frustrating when you see figures like that and think you know if those are the some of the biggest you know uh films of the last few years why are they why are the same things still being churned out um and you know i think we keep being fed this thing of like of sex cells but that's just what we keep being told. I don't know if it actually technically does. You know, we watch films and women want to watch films with good female characters in where they feel like they're being represented on screen. And men too. And men too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, it seems that way if you look at the figures. I'm pretty sure the new Ghostbusters will go pretty well in all categories. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's it. And, you know, and it was so refreshing when it first came out, the new Ghostbusters, and you saw the lineup. And it wasn't just a case of it's four women. It was four amazing looking women who all look different. They don't, you know, they're not all from the same mold. You know, there's, it was, and that's what we need. And like, you know, directors like Paul Figo are amazing at doing that and bringing us better female characters. So it feels like we're slowly getting there. And now I understand that you are doing live events. Yeah, so uh, myself and um, the comedian Tiffany Stevenson have, uh, we've done one show so far, um, which went brilliantly, um, at um, uh, a festival called the Phoenix Fringe in London. Mm. And um, yeah, so we're now looking to develop it to do some more live shows. We're hoping to take it to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Um, So yeah, it's just a case of getting the message out a bit more and yeah we've had already had a really good response to people in the audience you know aren't within the industry who just couldn't quite believe that the casting calls we were reading out and reenacting were completely real and are going on every day because that's what you're doing you're 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 acting the call the casting calls that you have been yeah yeah yeah, so some we're reading out just straight, um, and then we're sort of still. Is the work is still very much in progress. Um, <laughs> it's a very well, new. It sounds one. great. Yeah, it's um, it's be it's it's already you know it's already getting a bit of momentum, which is really good. So yeah, some of them we act out. Some of the more sort of silly ones we act out um, because they sort of lend themselves to you know being up on their feet, and then others because they're so awful, we just read them out and kind of let them speak for themselves really well we will find out who you are though i mean i don't think that's good and i just think that it's time for you to get a huge fat role for a female <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be really nice mm. if I can, yeah the, yeah i've got to hope that i don't do this and then all the casting directors go oh that's who it is no this is gonna be great <laughs> thank you so much for your time no and, thank you and it's very important i hope this um I, uh, you keep going and, and it's very important for all of us I think, to make that you're bringing this to the forefront. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Miss L and hope to keep this conversation going. You can follow Casting Call Woe on Tumblr and Miss L's Twitter handle is at ProResting. And thank you so much for listening. 
you can hear Pop Culture Confidential on Acast, iTunes, and Tevedax. And check out our Twitter on at PodPopCulture. This show was edited by Tom Hansen, music by Carl Boy, produced by René Witterstedt and myself. I'm Christina Jörling-Biro. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greeny. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be 100% sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but, you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, (laughs) maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the Guilty Greeny. There's your first challenge of the week. (laughs) Avoid elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. That's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green. Green.